the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. The wisest thing for us to do, not just as individuals, but as the church and as a nation, is to start proclaiming that there is good news, that people's hearts can change. And we can't solve this by legislations. We can't solve this. I mean, we can. We can try. We can dent this. The issue here is a transformation of the heart. Now, that's the global aspect of this thing. Let us go back to the micro, to, the, to how we deal things with our regular lives. How do we handle trials in our own lives? How does God answer for us the question of what do I do now? Well, he gives us three wisdom principles that will help us endure by faith through these trials. These are practical wisdom, okay? These are practical wisdom for enduring in faith. These are nothing new. These are basic foundational principles based on what God has been saying to us for thousands of years, okay? Three practical wisdom principles. Number one, you want wisdom? Walk in the Word. When you pray for wisdom, God says, here's practical wisdom number one. Walk in the Word. God often gives us His Word rather than relief from the trials we face in life. And so many people have a difficult time accepting that. We have this concept of God that somehow He exists simply to bail us out of these problems. Why doesn't God just bail us out? Because we need a fundamental understanding that this is not our home. This world is not our home. Okay? Jesus says, don't, don't marvel. He's not talking about superheroes. Don't marvel that the world hates you. Remember, it hated me first. Why did the world hate Jesus? Jesus is hated by the world because the world is fallen and people in the world are fallen and the only person that isn't fallen is Jesus. And he's the sole carrier of infinite righteousness. That's why the world hates what I'm talking about right now. They're not going to accept this. Believe me, you tell this to the regular person outside, they're going to say, there's got to be something more. You want to solve the problem, this, this problem or that problem? Oh, you know, simple prayers and simple religion doesn't fix the problem. That's what you're going to get. But we're not even talking about religion here. 
We're talking about the ruler and the creator and the sustainer of the universe giving us what we need to navigate through life because this is not the final destination for God's people. But while we're in the middle of it, we need to ask for wisdom, okay? We need to call on the name of the Lord and ask for wisdom. And God says, you want wisdom? First thing you do is to walk in the Word. Look at the verse, uh, verse 5 of this, this passage. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Okay? I lack wisdom, I ask God. What does God give me? His Word. That's what God gives us. And you know what? He gives us His Word generously without finding fault. And He says, I will give you the wisdom. I will give it to you. We lack wisdom because we don't walk in the truth of God's Word. What is the definition of wisdom anyway? The definition of wisdom is this. The application of what we know is true. That's what wisdom is. When we know something is true, we walk in it. He gives us the truth. What is the truth? It's not a what, it's a who. It's Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us for a while. And I'm getting to something here. I'm giving the answer here. The answer here is not a set of ideologies, a set of philosophies. The answer here is a person, the person of Jesus. He's the Word who became flesh and inhabited our earth for a little while and now inhabits us by the power of His Spirit. That's the truth. What do we do when we're in the middle of a trial? We continue walking in the things that we know are true because Jesus said they're true. Walk in obedience to the Word of God. Matthew 7, 24. These, these, these are Jesus' words themselves. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's one of Jesus' most fundamental teachings. You want to be wise? Walk in the Word. I remember when 9-11 uh, hits. I, I shared this before. Boy, that first three weeks after September 11, 2001, churches were packed. Churches were just, you know, I mean, you can't have enough chairs. People are coming. Things died down. It's back to normal. Back to the attendance crisis. 20 years later, we have another crisis. Guess what? There are instructions for churches not to be inhabited. <laughs> okay? So it's kind of a different ball game in 2020. Even if people want to go to church, they can't. All right? I mean, see, you got you to gotta see what's going on here. Now, it's my prayer that after this pandemic is gone, after all of this unrest is done, I pray that people now will realize, okay, we have a need to come and hear the word of Christ. Otherwise, trust me, I hope I'm not around, maybe 20 years. I hope I live, I live another 20 years, all right? 
But I can almost prophetically tell you, if we don't get on our knees and ask God to intervene in each and every one of our hearts, in about 10 or 20 years, we're going to have a crisis much greater than what we're having right now. That's just a fact of this fallen world. It's a cycle. God says, to us who believe, this is the way of wisdom. Regardless of your situation, regardless of what's going on, you continue to walk in the Word. Don't let, don't let the rationalist deceive you into thinking that the answer to what ails humanity or the problems that, that are in this world can be solved by knowledge and rational thinking. Don't buy into that. It's not rationalism that's going to solve the problem. It's revelation. Revelation from God. That's fundamental to our Christian faith. God doesn't relieve us from trouble, and I'm glad He doesn't. Sometimes He does. Praise God for that. But He says, I'm going to give you the wisdom to navigate through life because that's better. God's Guidance and loving kindness is better than relieving us of all the challenges that we face. You know, the more challenges we face in life, the more we cry out, Lord Jesus, come. The more heaven becomes appetizing to us. Isn't that right? I remember when my mother died. You know, I didn't ever think much about heaven, you know. Don't think much about it, you know. Heaven is some, it's a place that I'll go after I die. I don't preoccupy myself thinking about heaven because to me, at that point, heaven is still just a place where dead people go. And hopefully because I'm a Christian, I'll go to heaven and all of that. It's nothing more than just that rudimentary, you know, acceptance of the fact that I'm going to die and I want to go to heaven. But the moment my mother died, the, the painful reality that I won't see her again, the painful reality, the fact that someone who has brought me into this world and, and showed me the love that I needed in this world. When that was taken from me, I guarantee you, that day she died, heaven looked a lot more attractive to me. I don't know about you, but it should. Okay? It should. We need to walk in the Word. This is what Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.15. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. There's this power in the Word of God. Many of, many of us pray that God will remove troubles, relieve us from these things. But God is saying, no. You need to learn how to walk in my Word. You need to realize that I speak to you through my Word. When we ask Him, He shows us the way to go. When God sees that we're walking in the Word, loved ones, I'm, I'm an old man now, and I finally admit it. I'm not 37 anymore. The longer I live, the longer I live, the more I realize that God is pointing me to the right way. Oh, I'm not saying I don't fall down. I'm not saying I don't, you know, go take shortcuts. I'm not saying any of that at all. But I've learned in my own life 
that when we walk in the Word, God points us to where we're going to go. It doesn't fail. He points us in the way of wisdom. Now, there's a second principle of wisdom that will help us endure by faith, and that is not only do we walk in the Word, but secondly, we need to walk wholeheartedly. Walk in the Word wholeheartedly by faith. It's better to walk in faith than run from the trials of life. James says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The word for doubt here is the word diacrino, which is a word for judging without knowledge, without certainty rather, holding back. The word for doubt here is holding back, making a decision whether to trust God or not in a particular matter. Okay, This is a strong word. Doubt is not a weakness of faith. Doubt is lack of trust in what God said. Many people have faith in God. But for some reason, that's not a wholehearted faith. For some reason, that faith is limited situation by situation, you know. I mean, it's true. I, I, it's true in my own life. I, I, I hope that you, 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 know, you, you realize that this is true for a lot of people. I'm one to have faith in God. But when God says, don't do this, mm, wait a minute, God. Who's, who, who's going to be able to do that? If I don't do this, I won't be able to do what you're telling me, what God is saying. You don't, 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 don't doubt like that. Make up your mind. Be wholehearted in your trust. The picture here is not to lose focus on who God is, what He's doing, and what He already said. You, you know, you can't redefine what God already said. We, we can't twist and turn and make things happen even though God says thousands of years ago, this is the way to go, walk in it. We cannot say we're, we're wholeheartedly obeying God and then come up with different solutions to our problems. That's a big problem. That's called doubt. That's the word diacrino. That's why so many of us, when we pray, you know, we ask stupid questions like, does God hear me? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, some people are really saying, you know, when I pray, I, I, you know, I struggle. Does God really hear me? Of course He does. Of course he hears. God is not deaf. The problem is we're uncertain. Uncertain about what we already know God said. The Bible says, if you ask me for wisdom, I'm going to give it to you generously. I'm not going to find fault. I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go deny you the wisdom that you ask. Does God really love me? I mean, who asks that question? Only someone who's half-hearted. Only if we're half-hearted do we ask that question, does God really love me? If you don't know yet that God loves you, the word is diacrino. You're doubting. And that's a strong word. What else gets in the way? What else put us doubt, puts doubt? Sin in our life, right? I mean, we all have them. 
We all have pet sins. We all have hidden things, right? We all have them, right? Yeah, right, right? We all have them. Well, no, not me, Pastor. I have arrived. Good for you. Arrived where? Diacrino. Doubt is when we say, oh, now God isn't going to hear me because I have this issue going on in my life. How many times does the Word of God say, if you confess your sin, yeah, he's faithful. Is that it? He's faithful? No, he's just. Is that it? No, he's not faithful. He's not just just. He'll forgive you of your sin. Is that it? And cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why does he have to cleanse me from my unrighteousness? So that I will not doubt when I pray. You know you have more confidence when you're praying to God and you don't have, you know, not carrying a baggage. How many agree? You're not carrying a baggage, it's easy to go to God, right? Now, not because you're carrying a baggage doesn't mean you cannot go to God. It means you're going to God very slowly. You're carrying all of these bags. God's saying, drop the bags. Come to me, those of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What else are we asking God? He says, I give you wisdom without finding fault. That means I'll forgive you. I'll cleanse you. Walk in my word and walk wholeheartedly. Trust me. Just give this a shot. God will change us. Because he loves us. And he hears us. Forget about this God who, you know, well, you know, I got to do this, I got to do that. Before you, before you do this, I got to do this, I got to do that. Forget that. That's doubting. Now, Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That's a good, that's a good verse in the Bible. Now, there's always a danger of abusing the kindness of God. Now, I want to qualify this, okay? So James here is issuing a, war, issuing a warning and reminding us why we need to heed this warning. Now, I want to make this very clear. This is Communion Sunday, so I, I, need, to, I need to get this to everybody, okay? Let me make one thing clear. God already judged your sin and mine on the cross. Agree? He dealt with that already. But it doesn't mean he will not judge sin and sinners at an appropriate time. There will be a time of reckoning. We are saved to serve God and glorify his name. His grace and his mercy abound. But to ignore his offer of forgiveness and salvation from sin will incur his judgment. That's a fact. We thank God for the wisdom of the cross because of the cross of Jesus, God placed my sin, your sin, my guilt, your guilt, and put it on the shoulder of Jesus and at the same time expressing his love for you and I by putting Jesus on the cross. No other name in, whole, in the whole of creation can save us except for the name of Jesus. Walk in the Word. 
walk wholeheartedly. And there's a final principle of wisdom here that we must understand here. That, and that is, we must walk to win. We must walk to win. Those who heed God's warning will be rewarded after the trial is over. Uh, look at what the indictment that James gave uh, to those who are doubting. That person who doubts should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now, there's a warning here for double-mindedness. The word is dip, uh, dipsukos. The word for double-mindedness in here is someone with two souls, so to speak, okay? To be double-minded is to believe in God, but to believe in something else equally. A double-minded person is not exclusive in his or her faith in God. He believes in God's power, but he or she also believes in human power. Okay? That, that, that's the, that's the, the word here of a double-minded person. Oh, I believe in God, but I also believe in something else. Oh, I believe that God can solve this issue in my life, but I also believe that this equally will solve my problem. He believes that God's love is equal to human love. Now that, that's, that's a double-minded person. And there's a, there's, a, there's a heretical term for that. It's called uh, being a pantheist. You know, believing in God, but that belief in God includes belief that God exists in everything else within the universe. In other words, God is in me, and God is in you, and therefore we're both gods. That's called pantheism. It's saying that God's divinity exists in our hearts, but it also exists in other people's hearts. That makes us God. And the moment we believe that we are gods, that's when we start solving our problems. No, God isn't in us in his divinity. He's in us by his spirit. The cross of Jesus Christ enabled God's participation in our affairs even though He is transcendent. He's outside, but He is interlocked in our affairs because of what Jesus did on the cross. When the Holy Spirit came, it solidifies it that God is with us, but He's also outside of us. So we call on His name, and when we call on His name, His Spirit that resides within us gives us wisdom to do what we need to do. Wisdom from God always wins. It's the winning formula because it comes from God. Wisdom wins the day. Wisdom from God wins over trials. Trials are not overcome by our strength, by our ingenuity, by our resolve, or by our intelligence alone. Trials do not go away. We need to walk 
in wisdom. We need to walk in the word. We need to walk wholeheartedly. And we need to walk to win. To win. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The wisest thing we can do in times of trials is to persevere. Walk in the Word. Walk with God with all, all of our hearts and walk to win. Do not focus on the trial. Focus on the reward, the crown of life. It's hard, but it's guaranteed that we will have victory. 1 Peter 5, 6-10 Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. You will never meet a follower of Jesus who has gone through the fiery trials of life and have not been used mightily by God for the glory of His name. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.